How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got the man, the myth, the legend, American singer and actor Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes himself, and we also have the co-owner of Coke Industries Petroleum Conglomerate GOP Mega Donor Republican David Coke. And it was a fascinating episode. If you want to check out these performers, which I highly recommend, you can check out David Coke, aka John Trowbridge, on his Twitter, John at Trown Trowbridge. And uh, he's also on a, a comedy show called Inconvenient Holiday Special. And also he has a monthly show called First Impressions at Caveat. Go check those out. And if you like Frank Sinatra slash Kevin Cobbs, check him out on Twitter at Kevin Cobbs. I am, of course, doing all my business. You know, we've got the Stand Up 2020 show. The next one will be Friday, January 3rd at 7.30 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 24th Street. Our headliner in January is the legendary Gary Goldman. You don't want to miss this show. Excellent comedians and all proceeds go to a great cause. Getting more people out to vote. Protecting your right to vote. This is a damn good show for a damn good cause. You should also check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Go to our website, JarrettBerenstein.com, for all the latest updates on upcoming projects and shows. New videos every Tuesday on my YouTube and Facebook fan page. And, yeah, in the meantime, just sit back, relax, and enjoy... GOP mega donor David Koch and Frank Sinatra only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna hear awful for me, even though all these people are My guests today on Famous Dead People are American singer one of the most popular and influential musical artists of the 20th century, Francis Albert Sinatra, a.k.a. Frank Sinatra. Fly me to the moon. And American businessman, philanthropist, Republican mega donor, and mm. co-owner yeah. of uh, petroleum yeah. industry, Coke Industries, David mm. Hamilton Coke. Thank you, Jared, for having me on the pod today. Uh, Mr. Yes. Coke, Mr. Mm-hmm. Sinatra, thank yeah. you so much for being with us here today. You oh, got it, babe. Yeah, please, the pleasure's all yours, Jared. Uh, yeah. Let's start off with you. Mr. Coke, if I may. So you and your brother, (laughs) you and your brother Charles became Mm -hmm. household names in American politics for the massive donations Mm. that you have made to conservative politicians. It's not that big, Conservative. It's it's pretty big. Oh, please. It's a little mom and pop shop, Jared. Oh, I'm sorry, what? It's a little mom and pop shop, Jared. You're talking about Uh, Coke Industries. Well, you know, yeah. That's the way we consider it. You know, when we started 20 years ago to, you know, make a little bit of money, you know, (laughs) we decided to, to do it right. And, you know, we've so we've cobbled together a little business and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very proud of it, you know, but I'm not trying to, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not Disney. I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not my very good friend, Jeff Bezos. I see. Yes. <laughs> you know? So it's very, so very, it's very small and very humble. You this know? Uh, this this faux humility of yours, uh, David Coke, I got to it's it's ringing a little insincere. You know, what you <laughs> Coke Industries is the second largest privately mm. owned company. Oh. You are. 
the fourth richest person in oh. America, tied with your brother, the eleventh mm. richest person in the world. Look, and we do what we can, and <laughs> and uh, I'm, but I'm thankful for every dollar that I get. Of I'm so course. I'm I'm just I'm just absolutely so flattered, Massive and I'm so humbled by you know the, the small successes that we've been able to accumulate over the years. Billions. And so we get to have you know I, I'm just I'm just happy, Jared. I'm just happy I get to have food on the table of course. And, a, and a shirt on my back yes. and and um, and a dog. You know, and it's so nice to have a dog. Gotcha. So you Do you like, have a dog, Jared? I, I don't have a dog. I've, I've only managed to a- accumulate 55 dogs <laughs> in my life. And, um, and it's really a blessing. And of I, course. And I really thank God every day. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So, like I said, billions mm-hmm. and yeah. billions of dollars to <laughs> well, if that's conservative the, politicians. If that's what conservative, you want to call it. If that's what you want to call it. Well, you know. that's what it is. So, well, that's, I call it what it is. I, it is what it is. And, that's what, I, and that's what I say with my brother a lot. I say we, we, when we hold our <laughs> small board meetings. We like to come in soon and we go, hey, guys, it is what it is. It uh, is what it is. You know, and so we put our hands up as high as we can. Listen, I'm not going to call a beagle a German shepherd, all right? And I'm not going to not no, no. call out Did you ever say billions you, I don't know. I, I, maybe I wasn't dollars. listening, but did you say you, you have a dog? I did not have a dog. You did not have no, a dog. No, you have 55, okay. as we mentioned. Around there, yeah. Around there, something like that. Yeah. So, like I said, billions and billions of dollars in con- in uh, donations okay. to conservative politicians, conservative think tanks, mm-hmm. conservative super PACs. Mm-hmm. We like to I, help a little bit. But yeah, something but... I didn't realize about you uh, mm-hmm. until I read your Wikipedia was that you were actually no. a candidate at one point oh. for vice president. <laughs> uh-huh. You were part of the... I ran for vice president. You yeah. were uh, part of the libertarian ticket with Ed mm-hmm. Clark. Mm-hmm. Good, in the friend. 19, Good friend, Ed Clark. Yeah. The election of 19... 80, which, as we all know, is the the year that uh, Ronald mm. Reagan won yeah. the presidency. Ronald uh, Ed Ed was a, a very good friend of mine, and I managed to scrape together enough money to pay for his wedding. Mm, to pay for his wedding. To pay for his wedding. You paid for Ed Clark's wedding. It was a simple gift. <laughs> It was any of you would have done the same thing for your close friends. I feel like. Do you remember the? Uh, you remember how much that rang you? What? Uh, what did that set you back? <sighs> nothing. There? Truly, truly, nothing insane. It was. Uh, it was a low eight figures. <laughs> very, very low. Very low, small eight figures for his wedding, and, and that's so you Davos. Just, you know, that's what Davos does. You yeah, know, you, Davos, make, Davos, you make friends. It's like summer camp, basically. Yeah, you yeah. make friends that last forever, and then you want to pay for their weddings. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he begged me. You know, yeah. and so he begged me in front of his kids and, and his wife. So yeah, I um so. And of course I would. And of course I yeah. would, you know. Uh, if you don't, if anybody listening doesn't know, Davos is, of course, the um, mm. the annual conference of the wealthiest the people The annual in the energy, the, the very petite boutique <laughs> energy conference with the people that run, um, I guess, if you want to call it the major industries of the world. Yes. Okay. So if you want to say that. Uh, so libertarian vice presidential candidate mm. on the ticket with Ed Clark running the same Good year friend. as Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, some of the some of the things that you were proposing uh, that year. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah. Eliminating dozens. A, s- a small elimination. Go dozens ahead. of government programs. Social mm-hmm. Security, welfare, minimum wage, corporate taxes. Mm-hmm. The EPA, the FBI, the CIA. You'd never notice this stuff, Jared, and if it was gone. <laughs> you'd never notice this stuff. I mean, d- does anybody here deal with the <laughs> the CIA and <laughs> Medicare benefits on a daily basis? No. 
And so I uh, thought, yeah, I I, so. and so I thought no, maybe I we'd so. cut the fat a little bit back then, gotcha. and, <laughs> and just keep it to military defense, and um, you know, uh, making sure churches have more money. Gotcha. Um, now, because that's because that's that's what I really think the bedrock of America is. I you see. know, a, a, a robust uh, <laughs> military that's bigger than every other country's military combined. combined yeah. And um, and big giant churches mm-hmm. with uh, big white leaders in front of them. So <laughs> yes, wonderful. So mm-hmm. now here's my first question to you. So. Did you really want to be mm-hmm. the vice president <laughs> mm-hmm. or were you and Clark just running to try to push Reagan to be more conservative? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, were you there saying that you're going to do all these completely insane things like getting rid of the FBI and the CIA? Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but actually, you just wanted Reagan to be more conservative. I thought of it as a favor to Ed. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, I, I really don't have any ambitions in my life. <laughs> I really I think about family, I think about <laughs> I think about my church, I think about mm-hmm. uh you know just putting a delicious red ruby red steak on the dinner for my for my beautiful kids and my yeah. and my gorgeous wife and your 55 dogs. And my 55 dogs, you know, around that number. Yeah, something. And so Ed when Ed came to me um <laughs> begging me to be his vice president uh nomination, I said uh, I said Ed, listen for you, you know, I'll do I'll do whatever you want to do. So I took a so I took a very uh you know, a, I took a backseat to him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and and he, he was the president on the ticket, of course. He was the president on the yeah, ticket yeah. because I don't need to. Be, I don't need to have that control. I don't. Need, <laughs> I'm a very uncontrolling guy. I I really just need a a, a baseball and my son <laughs> and one of my dogs maybe to a, play to maybe, play catch. Maybe a slice of apple pie. A slice of apple, you apple know, pie. Watch a sunset a with a delicious cold milkshake. Beer. Well, yeah. me and my son sit on a rock and a stick with a <laughs> string goes into the lake. And we can pick mm-hmm. up a fish. So, yeah. so I said you wouldn't even buy with all your money. You wouldn't even buy a fishing pole. Why? When there's perfectly good. I don't need it. Sticks on the ground. I don't need it because know. usually the ponds that I buy are the fish. <laughs> have, uh, they're genetically engineered to actually jump out of the pond and stuff like that. So, oh, I was um, gonna say maybe it was so uh, uh, dense with fish that you just needed to put your hand in and grab one. They are. I I actually buy my ponds from a company that's called Seventy Five Percent Fish. <laughs> and, <laughs> And so th- what they do is they, oh, I love those guys. they fill it first with 75% fish, and then they fill in uh, the rest with uh, 25% saline water, mm. um, which fish uh, react poorly to. Yes. So, it's, so it's very easy for them to jump out of the thing. So I said to Ed, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, don't worry. I, uh, I'll be your vice president. I really don't need the White House. I actually think that's a little bit gauche to actually want that much control. Mm. And I said, but, you know, if I'm going to get in the game, I'd love to end Medicare, and I, <laughs> and I'd love to end the FBI and their and their silly investigations into everything that I do. I don't know what the I don't know whose uh, you know daughter I kissed you know at the FBI, but um but uh, so, so I said well you know if we can just kind of you know like I said before cut out the fat of all these things that people don't really care about you know yeah. people don't do really, really people don't it. really care about pensions people don't really care about unions yeah I mean as far um, as we're concerned like the FBI the CIA minimum wage corporate taxes that's like those. <laughs> That's like challenge, challenge, channel, like, you know, 863 on your cable package. It's like, who even yeah. knows what that is? Nobody knows what that is. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> but I do own a lot of those channels. So I, so I know. No, you know what that so is. So I know yeah. what those are, but, mm-hmm. but people don't know. People those are your know. little uh, artisanal family owned channels. That I you own, own a small television <laughs> studio called HBO. Mm-hmm. And I own another one uh, called Time Warner Cable. Yeah. And uh, little mom and pop. It's a little mom and pop operation because people like to watch TV shows, Jared. They sure do. Let's move over to Frank Sinatra for just a moment. 
so, Mr. Sinatra, you are one of the most successful musical artists of all time. Uh, you've sold more than 150 records worldwide. So many incredible songs are forever associated with you and your voice. But one of the things that I learned on the Wikipedia is that you didn't like one of your signature songs. You did not like My Way. You are quoted as saying that you didn't oh, wow. like performing that song because you thought people would think that you were that you were being self-aggrandizing, that it was like a tribute to yourself, no. and that you hated boastfulness in others. Is that right? That's right. You know, that's why a lot of what he said made a lot of sense to yeah, me. It's you a know? Good thought, yeah. It's a yeah. and why do it my way when I could do it your way or any way or a woman's yeah. way? I'll do it your way, lady. Come on. <laughs> okay, so I just I, I pulled up a couple of lyrics from my way. So I lived a life that's full. Traveled each and every highway. I've loved, I've laughed, and cried. I've I, had my fill, you know, my share of losing. losing. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't I seem that, that I mean, it seems kind of, I don't know, humble, I would say. You know, mm. like I've had my share of losing, I've had regrets. Well, to be honest, Jared, I don't listen to the lyrics when I sing. <laughs> well, what'd you think it was so boastful about it then? Well, I just heard my way a lot, and I oh. said, that's a little boastful. Let's let Elvis do it, that son of a bitch. Let's let somebody else, yeah. Because, okay. you know, Elvis did that song, and I think he did it better because he was. He was a self-aggrandizing fella, so I let him do it. Yeah. Me, I'm just a humble guy, just like uh, my friend here. Just like uh, David Koch. Just me oh, and that's... David Koch. Just yeah. humble guys from Hoboken, New Jersey. Now, you did not care from uh, for Elvis for a while. Isn't that correct? Like, Didn't you have uh, some... Some harsh words for Elvis and rock and roll music in general? Yeah, I said some words I probably can't say here, and I called <laughs> Elvis all of those words. Just think of words I might call some guy that, that I don't like. you can't say now. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't say it. You can't say you little karate very... doing blankety blank, blank, blank. Can't say that. Because mm -hmm. you know Elvis always doing his karate. One time he tried to do a karate on me. I pulled a gun in his face and oh, I said, really? give me all your money, you oh, son of a bitch. You robbed Elvis. That's right. I robbed oh Elvis. God. Robbed the Beatles, too. Really? Yeah, I pulled a gun on them and called them, you blankety blank, <laughs> English blanks. And you can imagine what those words were that I'm leaving can, out here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I just, it's a small... It's a small collection of words that you're not allowed to say anymore that you used to be no. able to say. Imagine words that you could, back in the good old days, you could call another man. Mm -hmm. You know? No. What those words? <laughs> no. Like, I, you know? That's what I'd you call, called I'd call Elvis. those little mop That's... tops. I'd say you little from, you know? Yeah. All, this, all the pauses are words you can't say anymore. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I also wanted to know, were there any other one of your classic songs that you also didn't care for, like New York, New York? Luck be a lady. No, I didn't like New York. A New very York. good. You year. didn't like New York. No, New York. I, was, uh, I was. I was asking. I was. I was. In, I was interested that you didn't like New York. New York. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, no. I, I don't like. That. I don't like New York. New York. I think the coasts are useless. <laughs> <laughs> Both coasts. Agreed. Yeah, too gauche, yeah. right? Too gauche. Well, they they care too much, and they're always looking down on people. They're I'm about. I'm about hard. long fields of wheat. <laughs> I'm about uh, skipping stones. I'm. Uh, I'm about uh, hay rides. To the general mm. store. That's yeah, what I'm course. about. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I wasn't saying, hey, rides to the general store. I wasn't saying Just like Sinatra. I used to do in Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. It's a nice town where I'm Beautiful from. town covered in hay. Hey, covered in hay. Covered in hay. Covered in hay. Hoboken, it's my, my kind of town. town. So, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> saying that you disliked New York, New York, or Luck Be a Lady. I wanted to know if maybe you also disliked some of the some of the other famous songs, like New York, New York, like Luck Be a Lady, a very good year under my skin, did, or or did you favorite song? What's your favorite song? Are you? That's why the lady is a tramp. 
Oh, that's what you liked. That's uh, another word you can't say now. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting what you can't say now. It's, it's really awful. Your favorite you song say. was "Lady." The lady's a tramp. That's right. Yeah, because she is. <laughs> she knows. She knows who she is, and she knows she's a tramp. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, were there any song, other songs that you disliked? Though? No, other than that, no. I loved them all. So you, you know? loved my. So you hated my way, and you loved "Lady's a Tramp." That's right. Okay, well, now but I did do it my way. You did do it your way, even though you didn't no. like singing the song. You still did it in secret. I did do it my way. You did do it your way. No. I think People, everybody knew. I think we knew that you did it your way. I don't That's know. Nice. We're humble guys, me and David. They might not know. <laughs> See, no. well, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are American businessman and Republican mega donor David Koch. It's an honor to be here, Jared. And I can't believe I made the list. Twentieth. <laughs> I can't believe I made the list to get on the show. <laughs> 20th century American singer and actor Frank Sinatra. Zabadoo, bang, bang, boom. That's why she's a tramp. Uh, so wow. let's go. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Sinatra, about uh, wow. some of your early early memories, You know, your early life. You were born in Hoboken, New Jersey in 1915. As an adolescent, you attended Hoboken High School, but you left without graduating. Go fighting racists. <laughs> that was our mascot back then. It's a beautiful school, and it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting that they made us change to... Uh, they made us change? Beautiful, woke person. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but they're the... And it's, and it, it's terrible for chance, Jerry. Uh, it's terrible for sports chance. Here we go, this beautiful person. woke person. Here woke we go. Person. Woke person, you know, woke person. Maybe you can fit it into a three for Jared, but it's really They're tough. supposed to be plural, these names, and they yeah. got one woke person. What's a woke person? I'm, yeah. I'm I, a woke. I, I awoke like this morning. that the mascot is one woke person. It's one woke person. It's and it's beautiful just, And it's just person. kind of a guy in a zip-up hoodie. <laughs> And he comes out and he has uh, headphones on and he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't cheer because he thinks that's beneath him. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. He, does, he absolutely does nothing for school pep. He doesn't do a lot because he's worried about who he's going to offend. Right. He doesn't want to. Oh, yeah. He he's just a terrified white guy in a zip up hoodie. Oh, the worst kind of guy. He does have a laptop, though. Yeah, he's got a laptop. <laughs> he produces a lot of podcasts. Okay, so. He's trying to get one on Gimlet Media. Yeah. <laughs> So. He's been pitching them for weeks. Yeah, his big cheer is I, his, his elevator pitch for the next Gimlet podcast. That's that's his cheer? Yeah, I hate going to the games. I have to because it's my hometown, but I hate going. Same here. Couldn't agree more. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the worst part is it's stuck in my head, that elevator pitch. Oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the chant? Yeah. The, yeah. Two uh, minutes the left. Person? We're down by six. And then that chant. Yeah, pops you in hear my head. the whistle, and it comes out, and it goes, "It's, it's, it's the moth plus comedy bang bang." <laughs> and nobody even knows what that is. Nobody, I don't know what that is. What's the moth? Yeah, and then everybody, everybody even... has to chant, obviously, because it's you know. Yeah, but everybody, everybody goes, has to do it because moth it's the moth meets bang bang. The moth meets bang bang, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, so it's supposed to be long <laughs> stories about pain, but character based. Yeah, it just drives me nuts. <laughs> You can't engage with that kind of content. No, yeah. you certainly can't. So, but so the old mascot were the racists back when you were there. Yeah. You did only attend that school for forty-seven days. That's right. I, who uh, needs them? I'm because a, you, I'm gonna scram, kiddos. You, ex- no. you 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 like to to skip school, and you were also expelled for general rowdiness. That's right. And so I was wondering. I, so my question are about is about the truancy and about the rowdiness. 
What were you skipping school to go do? And what kind of rowdiness oh, were you doing yeah. that caused you to be expelled? Well, I was skipping school so I could go to the alley, meet the guys, and do a little doo-wop. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the, the baddest thing you could do back then. Was, was just sing doo-wop in an alley. In an alley, yeah. Oh, you wow. sing doo And doo-wop hadn't even really hit yet, you know? Mm, we were ahead no. of our time. Yeah, this no. was like uh, 1930. 1930. It was just four of us, Jersey boys, Italian, <laughs> in an alley doing doo-wop. Good, good Italian boys in an alley. That's great. <laughs> they call, and we even, you know, we called ourselves the Jersey Boys. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's and then later, that Frankie Valley blankety mm-hmm. blank stole our thing. <laughs> he he stole the the oh. vibe that you he guys stole had being in that Italian alley. from me. He mm-hmm. stole having three friends, and he stole doo-wop in the alley from me. I see. But that's what I would skip school to go do. And then I said, you guys are all blanks. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I went and did my own thing and sang my own songs. Now People wh- loved it. What was the rowdiness, though? You said they, no. they, they expelled you for general rowdiness. I called the teacher daddy-o. And I won't <laughs> apologize for well, it. That's fighting words. That's uh, back in back in that day, Jerry. You know how we're you saying tell someone daddy oh, you put it ready to take off your gloves. <laughs> That's right. The, you know how we're saying blankety blanks now. Like that was the blankety blanks. Back then you couldn't say daddy. You couldn't call someone a daddy oh no. back then. Definitely not on the radio. No. hundred percent not. Um let's go back over to uh David Coke for just a moment. So oh, okay. Sure. Are, okay. I get another question. You That's were, really nice. Uh, I didn't expect another <laughs> question. That's really good. You were one of the I was the just richest. gonna sit and listen to Frank. That's great. You Sorry, were Jared. one of the richest people in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah. but there is surprisingly little biographical information about you. Well, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not an you know. I'm not very interesting. Okay, go on. So we know that you were born in Wichita, Kansas in 1940. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Wichita, Kansas by way of Hoboken, but, but, New Hoboken, Jersey. I guess you transferred there at some well, point. Well, I was a military brat, so I'm, so I'm always <laughs> bopping around, and I like to talk about how I'm a military brat, because I'm very proud of the United States Army. You know, of so, course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's got that Hoboken accent. You can yeah, hear it. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's really thick. Yeah. It's grating on my ears. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, we know that you went to uh-huh, MIT. Yeah. We mm-hmm. know that you got a bachelor and a master's degree in chemical engineering from mm-hmm. MIT. No. We know you played <laughs> basketball at MIT. Mm-hmm, yes. But there's almost no information on what you were up to between when you graduated and when you joined your older brother, Charles, oh, yeah. at the family company Coke Industries in 1970. Mm-hmm, yeah. well, so, nobody's asked. You know, nobody's asked. So. Like, and I don't anticipate that you're going to ask me right now what I've done. <laughs> there's like... Seven years of activity that we know nothing about. So uh-huh, would you yeah. fill us uh-huh. in yeah. on what you were doing from the time that you left school in 1963 yeah. to when you joined Coke Industries in 1970? Yeah. You're an extremely wealthy young man with a master's degree yeah. in chemical engineering from MIT. Uh-huh, what, are you, you. what are you doing? It's the 60s. Honestly, you know? honestly, Jared, I was listening. I was, <laughs> and I was, and I was listening to the uh, the great Americans that stretch uh, this great country of ours. And, I'm, and I was listening to their concerns, where they live, their information, <laughs> what what they buy, mm-hmm. um, why they buy, what they buy, um, how much spending power that they have. It almost seems um, like you were collecting data mm-hmm. on American. I mean, citizens. you can call it what you want. I mean, but this, but <laughs> I call it I call it listening. And I and I went on probably the longest listening tour. You know, uh, Hillary Clinton likes to say that she went on a listening tour after her book, but you know that was for I think three months. Yeah, um, I took like it. That, I took it. I took it. I took it really seriously because I actually care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to listen to a lot of uh, a lot of Americans about um, how much land they have, how much they paid for that land, um, how much of their estate that they're willing to spend on consumer goods, <laughs> and. Um, 
I and, see. and and what about brands makes them trust that brand? Mm-hmm. Um, what makes them feel comfortable? What scares them? Yeah, and, of course. Um, which I found very valuable uh, <laughs> later in life. Um, and so, and, uh, you know, did you decide you're going to do this for seven years, or was that just how long it took the project until it was finished? Look, I do it until it's done. Haste makes waste. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think everybody knows that. So you. David mm-hmm. Koch, you were going to take your time with the American people. I always take you, my time with the American people. Yeah. I we're always do because the American things. people deserve it. They deserve somebody to sit uh, on their front lawn and wait for them to walk outside and and uh, have a bunch of sort of armed guards behind them <laughs> and sit them down on their patio and tell them uh, how much they would spend on a toothbrush. <laughs> And how much they would spend on cable every like month. You were forcing and find these... the, and, and find and find the correct price point for that sort of stuff. You sound, know, nobody it... else is willing to go that far for the American people. It sounds like you were forcing them to take a survey, basically. I mean, no, no one's forcing. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. Did I have ten people behind me? Yes. Were they all wearing sunglasses? Yes. <laughs> did they all have a weird wire going into their ear? Yeah, but that's so they could, could communicate their answers to the greater mainframe that I was building back in Hoboken, New Jersey. That makes a lot of sense. Hoboken, so, baby. So back to the good folks that. Talk like me in Hoboken, New Jersey. In Hoboken, New Jersey, where your data center was, Mm -hmm, because that was your beloved listening center. Listening center is what I call it. Listening center, Jared, is what I call it. Uh, Let's go back over to uh, Frank Sinatra for just a moment. Listen to this. Boom, bam, bang, and a bam. You got your. uh, That's a really new one. A brand new Frank Sinatra tune, exclusive. Yes, yeah. That's how I write. You got your first big break of music in 1935. You were 20 years old. Uh, your mother persuaded a local singing group called the Three Flashes to let you join. Do you remember this group that you were in, the Three Flashes? There was a big fight because there were three flashes, and they said, we can't take them. We, that'd be four flashes. Mm-hmm. And I uh. said, not if I kill one of you. <laughs> so I drowned one of them in the, in the Hudson River. Oh, for real? Yeah, stuck his head under there and waited for the life to leave his body. Jesus. And then uh, as soon as I knew he was dead, I turned around and said, bang, Eddie, bang, <laughs> boom, bang, bang, boom. And they said, all right, you're in. Don't hurt us. Now, okay, so that's interesting. The Wikipedia says that your mom persuaded them to let you in the group. Did your mom have any part of this? She tried to persuade them. She had her back to me while I was drowning the one mm-hmm. flash. I gotcha. What was what was her method for trying to convince them? She to said, "Oh, let- please let my son join. I'll suck all your dicks." Wow. She, I'll suck your dicks. Sounds like Marge Simpson. So your mom, <laughs> because of the dick sucking, right? Sounds like was she the she, was she the inspiration for Marge Simpson down the line? Saying that. She was the inspiration for Marge. So your wow, mother that's really good. was yeah. begging. I, people think I would be Bart, but no. <laughs> no. I was Maggie. Oh, the oh, silent assassin. You're that's the Maggie. That's right. That's right. So so your mother was telling these three flashes that she was willing to suck them off so that you could be in their group, but meanwhile you were just drowning one of the flashes. That's in. right. And I said, Mom, you can go home. All right. Boom, bang, bang, bang. My mom is the best. Don't forget it, pal. Your next job in entertainment came as a singing waiter at a roadhouse called the Rustic Cabin. And this is where you actually met your first wife, Nancy. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so now according to the Wikipedia, you agreed to marry Nancy after an incident which led to your arrest. But the Wikipedia doesn't Uh-oh. say what that incident was. So would you tell us exactly what happened at the Rustic Cabin where you were a singing waiter that led to you getting arrested and then proposing to your first wife, Nancy. 
Sure. So a guy was waiting on a table, right? Mm-hmm. It was a family from the Midwest, from, probably from love Kansas. The Midwest. <laughs> I absolutely love the Midwest. And I'm singing the special. I'm saying, would you like Quality to people. hear the specials today? And the guy says, cut the crap. We want to order. And I say, what did you say to me? <laughs> and he said, you're supposed to sing. And I said, sing this, pal. And I cut his throat. Oh, my God. And I Ugh. chopped his fucking head off in front of his family. According to, to so just doing a quick calculation here, just ba- just what you've said in this interview, you've murdered two people. Yeah, That's a lot right. of blood. Yeah, a lot yeah. of blood on your hands so far. <laughs> All right. I'm assuming there's uh, there's more than two in your life, Frank Sinatra. Maybe there is and maybe there ain't. All right. Maybe you can't we'll... get me now, pal. There's maybe... no jail in heaven or hell. <laughs> Where are we? We don't know. We don't know. All right, yeah. Well, I mean, statute of limitations. You know, after after you die, if you're brought back, you know, statute of limitations. The great, best part about Hoboken is there's a great view of the statute of limitations <laughs> right there on yeah. the river. Which I am actually lobbying for them to change the name to to that the instead of yeah, the statute of limitations. Yes. Are you going to change the poem on the statue of liberty to I've be written about some statute poems. of limitations? I've written some new poems that I'd like to put on there. Do you have anything with you that you want to tell us about? Oh, sure, yeah. So okay, these yeah. are some of the poems <laughs> that you want to put on the statue of liberty to replace the current poem mm-hmm, once yeah. you change the name to the statute of limitations. Okay, fantastic. Okay, All so right. um, so give us your real people. The ones <laughs> that love apple pie. The ones that want to do Little League. The ones that look like my son. And then I would put a picture of my son next to it. <laughs> this is my son. That is beautiful. Jeremy Coke. I'm not done. This is, my, this is my son, Jeremy Coke. He should be what you want to be. Don't come unless you look like my son, Jeremy Coke. Your grandfather, David Coke. Wow. And then I'd sign great. it. And then I'd sign it in elegant cursive at wow. the bottom. I think that would be really nice. Yeah. Change the name, change the poem. So, so we've got less than a minute, but I still don't know how Sinatra, how your wife Nancy comes into this story. You're singing at this restaurant. You slice this dude's throat open. Right. So how does that lead to you? Proposing so I'm holding to Nancy? his severed head, and the yeah. police are coming to arrest me. Uh-huh. And I say, I look at Nancy, and I say, I know we just met, but you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. <laughs> would you do this old? Hoboken bastard, a great favor by marrying me. And she said, yes. And I I got in the police car, went to jail. Of course, back then, cutting a Midwesterner's head off was only uh, got you a week in the clink. Slap on the wrist. (laughs) A little slap on the wrist. A little slappy. Oh, the times they have changed. Uh, We've got to take a short break, unfortunately. We'll be right back with Frank Sinatra and David Koch on Famous Dead People Stay With Us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out 
out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American businessman, philanthropist, Republican megadonor, and co-owner of Coke mm-hmm. Industries, David Hamilton Coke. Thank you for having me on the pod, Jarrett. I'm so, it's so it's such an honor to be asked for the second portion of the pod. <laughs> I can't believe I get and, to stay this long. And American singer and actor, one of the most popular and influential musical artists of the 20th century, Francis Albert Sinatra, a.k.a. Frank Sinatra. Boobity bang boom bang cocaine. <laughs> Uh-oh. Let's go uh, back over Very to nice. uh, David Koch for just a moment. So oh, me. Oh, okay. After your seven years of, uh-huh, uh, yeah. of violently coercing Americans to give you their personal data. Gently suggesting. And then sending it to your... Um, Gently infor- suggesting they give me their data. Your your data center in Hoboken, New Jersey. To better serve them, yes. Uh, you decided to join your older brother, Charles, at Koch Industries. Love in 19- my brother. 1970. I love my brother. Do you, have, do, you have any, do you have any brothers, Jared? I do have a brother, yeah. Do you love him? He's all right. He's all right. He's okay. He's all right. Would you uh, Would you ever cut your hand and shake and make a blood make a blood uh, no, promise with him? You don't think not. You don't think you'd ever do that in the palm of your I hands in the basement of Yale? Did, did you <laughs> Did you do a blood? Well, oath? I'm just asking the question. I'm did just asking the question because I do love I do love my brother a lot, and and we hang out in the bowels of Yale and other Ivy League schools a lot back then, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's important to keep your promises, Jared. All right, so you did, did you do a blood, blood oath with your brother mm-hmm. Charles Koch in the basement of Yale and other Ivy League colleges. Is mm-hmm. that right? Well, we like to do it in front of other people so that other people know that we're serious. I see. Gotcha. Mm-hmm, yeah. now, do you, uh, but do I do you, love him a lot, yeah, how, and, you, I, and I miss him. Were there a lot of blood oaths? Were there a couple? Or was it just one? How many Ivy League schools are there? Mm, I don't know. Ten? Let's say like it's, we'll say there's ten of them. We'll <laughs> say there's ten. <laughs> We'll say there's ten, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you've de- so you've taken one blood oath for every Ivy League Ivy League school. We do tours. Oh, okay, I see. We do tours. Can yeah. you can you tell us about simple, it? simple small stuff? And we like to do it. Um, you know the you know whatever sort of um, basement bowels that they have at the Ivy League schools, and we like to get you know a, just like you know whoever whatever three hundred of their top students are around at the time mm-hmm. um, to come down and um, and then we let them know how we see how you know our general consensus about how the country should be run and, mm-hmm. and what the correct values are for success. Um, they're not obligated to come. Um, a lot do come. Of course. Um, a lot do come and, um, give us a good amount of money, uh, to, to be there too. And uh, we have a, we we have a light suggestion of, you know, uh, $50,000 plate, but you pass um, the bucket, but we pass the bucket around (laughs) and the, and the bucket ends up with Charles and, um, and, and they're, and they're really, really generous and, uh, and I'm, it's, 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 (laughs) You know, <laughs> I, you can tell you can tell that I'm I'm almost crying right now because I'm so, uh, so you know to, to see the... to see these young hands uh, scribble uh, you know zeros into a checkbook and then put that check into a bucket is 
you know, to see that every year for the the past twenty years has really been something else. Well, yeah, it's that's really a, been something. That's else. incredible. To, uh, now, that's what, can you tell it. us one yeah. of the things that you did in these blood oaths? Like what there was, like what promises were made specifically, or simple stuff. Um, <laughs> simple stuff. Um, nothing. Um, nothing too extreme. We do. Uh, we do heavily suggest that uh, that Congress will run a certain way, that the Senate will run a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, we do promise certain Supreme Court seats. Gotcha. Um, and a lot of those, a lot of the little boys, the little white boys that end up in those basements. Um, you know, they have dreams too. You know, they, they, they have dreams of being a Supreme Court justice or, you know, to be a, a senator for Iowa mm-hmm. or any of the major swing states that determine, you know, how the election is going to go later on. Yes. And different momentum points okay, uh, in yeah, the I'm election. This I'm, I think I'm picking up your point, man. Uh, I thought this was going to be like a promise that you made to your brother, Charles, but it seems like you're sort oh, of like... Oh, no. Well, that's the promise that I make to the kids. Yeah. Um, the and promise, to the country, almost. It seems like you're doing this for America. Mm-hmm, yeah. The, 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 the promise that I I make to Charles is um, that we are blood of blood, we are skin of skin, we are flesh of flesh, mm-hmm. uh, bone of bone, and where uh, what I think you think and what you think I think, <laughs> and um, when you hurt I hurt, and when I hurt you hurt, and gotcha. and and, and to regular. never and to never cross each other, and um, and that it's 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 two kings on top, and we usually when we when when our blood hands touch uh, in the bowels of these basements, we like to scream as loud as we can: <laughs> two kings, two kings to rule them all." You've seen Lord of the Rings. I have seen Lord of the Rings. That's a great. You've seen Lord of the Rings. Do you like that great movie? Great collection of movies. I indirectly financed that movie. Oh, did you? Yeah, and oh, it was a small that. thing that I like to do because I know people like fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, Pet projects. Yeah, that for, was nice. Yeah. For David Koch, we mm-hmm. haven't even gotten my question yet. This is so much interesting <laughs> information here. Sure, go ahead. I'm so sorry, uh, But Jared. you had so, two yeah. younger uh-huh. brothers as well, Frederick mm-hmm. and Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disgusting Frederick. <laughs> disgusting losers that don't know how to win. Go ahead. They also inherited some stock in Coke Industries, uh-huh, yeah. but you and Charles... No, thank you. And they don't. And they never thanked me. But you and ahead. Charles sued them for <laughs> mm-hmm. their shares, disgusting. and in 1983, after a bitter yeah. legal battle, yeah. They're lucky they, they were that. forced to sell their shares for $1.1 billion. Uh-huh, yeah. Is there a reason that you and Charles wanted Frederick and Bill out of the company? Mm-hmm, yeah, well, because they didn't see the vision, Jared. Mm. And because they were do- and they were, they were showboats. There were oh, showboats. Boastful. Me and, me and Charles. Me and Charles. You know, it's not about us. We do scream. <laughs> we do scream two kings for our blood oaths, but it's not about us. It's about setting the world on the right course. Mm, and yeah. they come in here and they go, "I want a, I want an amusement park. I want controlling stick of Disney. I want to, I want to be the face of the thing. I want to make a new Mount Rushmore where it's all four of us brothers." And me and Charles at the same time go, "Excuse me, there's no Mount Rushmore. And if there is a Mount Rushmore, your fucking face isn't going to be in the mountain." <laughs> If there is a Mount Rushmore, it's going to be me and Charles in the mountain, okay, with the American people behind us, all right? Mm. That's what it's going to be. They should do that, Mount Rushmore. That's all like, 300 million people yeah, behind you. Carved yeah, carved into the mountain behind Car- that's the right. Coke brothers. We all deserve to be in the mountain. We yeah. all deserve to be in the mountain. Wow. Um, but not our disgusting brothers whose names I've already forgotten. <laughs> let's move over to... Because that's uh, who they are to me. Let's move back over to Frank Sinatra for just a moment. So... Uh, you eventually start working for a famous band leader named Tommy Dorsey. Uh, but after a few years, you decided to try and make it as a solo artist. But the contract that you had signed with Tommy gave him 43% of your lifetime earnings in entertainment. Is that right? That's right, that son of a bitch. Yeah, that seems really excessive. I'm surprised that you would sign a contract like that that gave so much of your future 
income in perpetuity to Tommy Dorsey. I was just a simple kid from Hoboken, you know, but one 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 minute I'm doing bebop in the alley with the three flashes, the next minute mm-hmm. Tommy Dorsey's fucking me up the ass <laughs> with that goddamn contract. Is there did you just not read the contract? Did you not understand the I contract? I didn't know how to read, okay? There, I said it. You didn't, didn't know how to read Frank no, Sinatra? Not until after that. Wait, was this the inciting incident where you were like, oh. Better learn to read. Oh, baby, I got to learn to read. Got to learn to read. And uh, sure enough, I did. Gotcha. Now, there is a story that you were let out of that contract because one of your mob friends held a gun to Tommy Dorsey's head. Can you conform, confirm or deny that for us? Was there some other reason that he decided to let you out of that contract? My good friend Tony Soprano held a gun to his <laughs> oh, head. God, you knew a mob guy named Tony Soprano? Sure, you've heard of him, right? I mean, there was the, the famous HBO show. That's your show, right? That's uh, the show David that Cohen? I financed because I was also a very good friend of Tony Soprano in real life. Oh, really? The a lot of people don't know this. It was a documentary. Yeah. I yeah. did not. It was know a docu series. <laughs> It's a docu-series. It's a docu-series. You've seen, you've seen the Adnan docu-series that came out recently? The, uh, about, um, the yeah, serial? Adnan Syed. Yeah. yeah, the guy that uh, may have murdered that teenage girl that's right. well, that that's, he was dating. That's in the same vein, yeah. Mm, okay. Same yeah. as Tony. So yeah. The Sopranos. Leaving Neverland, you know. Docu-series. Yeah. Leaving Neverland docu-series. <laughs> Sopranos. So your friend, same Tony genre. Soprano. Yep. Who was in the mob? That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. What did he do to Tommy Dorsey to uh, to get him to get you out of this contract? Well, uh, he Tony said to him, he said, and if I if I may do a little Tony impression, he said, "Sure, go ahead. You better let him out of that fucking contract, or I'll fucking kill you." Oh, oh God! I'd... Some threats, some real threats there. And so I, and then next thing, Tommy came to me, piss all over his pants, and said, "Oh, you 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 are free to go now." <laughs> Isn't it great when you get to see your enemy pissing his pants? Oh yeah, I I one time saw my two disgusting animal brothers <laughs> piss and shit their pants. Um, oh, was at, that? A, at, a, at a at a cotillion at a cotillion in uh, Mykonos. <laughs> <laughs> what was? And the... it was a small gathering. What of... That must have been them? bad piss and shit because they're wearing all white, probably because yeah. they're in Mykonos. Yeah. yeah. What was the? Uh... Well, they wear loose linen whites. <laughs> Yeah, what that I like them? to wear with a straw hat, and uh, by the end of it, even that straw hat was covered in you Piss know absolute liquid shits. Yeah. yeah, what caused disgusting. them to do this? What was the what was the inciting incident? Uh-huh. Well, they came up to my table, um, and they whispered into my ear uh, at the same time. Uh, Don't you think we should donate some uh, money to uh, uh, Flint, Michigan, to get the the pipes <laughs> the pipes cleaned in Flint? Oh, okay, in, so this in, is in pretty... Flint, in Flint, Michigan. This is in the two thousands. And I and I grabbed them uh, by. Their, uh, you know, the the second button of their linen white suit, mm. uh, sort of a Tommy Bahama type yes. type fair. Yeah. And I pulled Very them classy. in, and I said, "If you fucking embarrass me in front of uh, President Iridan er- er- of <laughs> Turkey again, I'm taking your money and I'm taking your kids." Oh my god. And um and <laughs> at the time that was just a scare. I didn't mean that. I would never say that. I would never actually, you know, follow through with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But he had gotten used to me saying that a lot, so. You guys um, had a specific language. When you grow mm-hmm, up with somebody, yeah. you have a language all your own. Yeah, Words and, mean different things. And so he didn't believe me when I said that. And then and then what I did, what I like to do is I like to have a uh, a, a photo of his kids tied up on my phone. <laughs> and 
And so just to show him that I mean business, I just flashed that photo. And then, Wait, and then th- it was Ni- Niagara Falls. How did you get that photo of his kids all tied up? Well, I have, I have very good friends that monitor you know, his house and stuff mm, like that. Gotcha. And, you know, and so whenever I go to a place like Mykonos or um, Trinidad and Tobago, um, I call my uh, security uh, Chives and Bartholomew, and they uh, Chives and Bartholomew, Chives and Bartholomew, mm-hmm. and uh, and they like to they like to do these sort of things for me. I don't, I would never ask them to do this sort of, <laughs> this sort of stuff for me, but but people are very nice when you take care of people. People are very nice, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a reciprocal kind of world out there. But Sinatra, we never got to the end of the story about uh, Tommy Dorsey and uh, Tony Soprano because I saw on the Wikipedia that in addition to the threat, he also paid him off, right? He also gave him like a couple thousand dollars. Is that right? Who gave who? Tony Soprano gave Tommy Dorsey like a couple thousand dollars in addition to threatening him. That seems kind of weird, right? That is weird. He never told me about that. That son of a bitch. Why? I don't understand why you would do that if you're already threatening somebody. Like... Is that just like a, the 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 cherry on top of the Sunday? Is like well, that's yeah. I didn't know he did that, but that is what we call a Hoboken Hoboken sandwich. <laughs> a threat followed by money. Yeah. They th- the same. So the bread is the threat and the money, and the meat in the sandwich is them shitting and pissing their pants. And then yep, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wait, so the bread. So with the bread is is the, the bread threat. is what the bread. Well, he had threat. it wrong. I didn't want to call it the bread is the threat. That's why I asked because the I'm cheese. from Hoboken and, and, so, and so I know it a little differently. But so say the it again. Che- the, the cheese, cheese is, the, is the money. The cheese is the money. Okay. okay. What's the, the bread? The bread is the bread is the threat. The bread is the threat. The, the cheese, cheese is, is the, the money. Is the money. <laughs> the meat is the pissing and shitting your pants. But that doesn't and make any meat, sense. And the meat is pissing and shitting your pants. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You are the is it white bread? It didn't make any sense your way. This way makes sense. The bread is the threat. No, the bread the has bread. to be something that's at the beginning and the end. Otherwise, it's not a sandwich. Now, so you don't know how another... sandwiches work. You eat the bread at the same time. <laughs> it's an open-faced sandwich, Jared. <laughs> Come on, you know you ever had an open-faced sandwich? <laughs> I can sense a, a couple of delicious open face sandwiches to to the Radio Free Brooklyn if that you want. That would be great. That would be great. We can't eat them in here because there's no eating in the studio. But um, oh wow! But I'd be that'd be Oops. really generous. I shouldn't <laughs> have brought this plate of pasta fajoule, <laughs> but I did. Beautiful. Just yeah. promise me you're not going to eat it here. Just keep it covered up, Frank Sinatra. What? <laughs> You I'm already you eating. You can't stop a Hoboken kid from eating <laughs> pasta fajoule. He's going to do what he wants. You just can't. If you're just uh, joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American singer and actor Frank Sinatra. And American businessman and Republican mega donor David you know, Koch. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Jared. I'm 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 about to cry from honor. Uh, let's uh, go back over to David Koch for just a moment. Oh, so okay. I'd like to ask you about oh, wow. two incidences that happened in 1991 when you were 51 mm-hmm. years old. Beautiful year. Uh, the first incident was a plane accident that you were involved in at LAX. A plane that you yeah, were on yeah. collided with another plane on the runway. Mm-hmm, yeah, 35 whoops. people died. You survived. Yeah, and yeah, you claim did, yeah. that it's it... A horrific ch- accident. You yeah. claim that it changed your life and made you want to be more involved with philanthropy. It really did, yeah. Here's my, so I have a question about this. Were you flying okay. commercial at the time or were you like in a private jet? Mm-hmm. I was flying uh, commercial, but I uh, because of my... I, uh, because I owned the airline, I had the pleasure of riding business class. I s- <laughs> <laughs> it's 
they I so because I because I pay for the pilots and because I because, uh, because I pay for the stewardesses and I pay for a lot of the gas and the parts of the plane. Mm-hmm. They ask me if I want to ride business class, and I know it's humiliating, but <laughs> but I do. And uh, I find this very surprising mm-hmm, that you wouldn't yeah. fly private or. In first well, class, well, I'm a man even. of the people. I'm the man of the people. Um, I really, I really, you know, would never, ever, you know, stick my thumb in anyone's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so you buy a coach ticket, and then you get there. I buy a coach ticket, and they're like, "Listen, Mr. Coke, you do, you're so, you do so much great things yeah. for us here. You pay for everything. We wouldn't be able to be an airline without your generous contributions. Yeah. Would you accept this business class seat instead? Right, and this is all over the intercom. You know, in the <laughs> gate. Whenever I get to the gate. And before they go, uh, before they go, uh, we're now seating gate number one. You know how they go, like, we have uh, Admiral's Diamond Rim mm-hmm. uh, thing. We have Priority diamond. Executive Class. We have blah, blah, blah class. Even before they even said Diamond Rim or Executive Class, they mm-hmm. go, uh, now boarding uh, David Koch. And I go, what? That's me. And I say that out loud. <laughs> and I go, and I go, what? That's me. What's ha- what's going on? Wait, so on? they do the thing that I said? <laughs> and, and they do that part? Where they, they, where do they that say, part, thank you so much? And they, they go, and they go, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I know that uh, you, you guys are all trying to get on the plane, but we have somebody very special with us flying today. And I usually go, please stop. Please, <laughs> please stop. I can't. Do that? Do and they, they go, do that thing where they're trying to coax a musician to come up on mm-hmm. stage and do a song? Are they like, and maybe if we That's applaud r- enough, maybe he'll take a seat in business? Do and you usually, think? I and I and I wave them off. I try to beg to beg them to wave, wave them off. But usually by then, the rest of the uh, uh, the rest of the gate uh, crew people have lined up behind the uh, desk where you get where you check in for your flight, mm-hmm. and they're singing the song that they had written for me <laughs> that day, and and so in order to make them stop singing the song because accept, I because I, I go up and I make a little speech about what it's like giving back to the American <laughs> people. <laughs> And and how much uh, pleasure I get from mm-hmm. uh, from helping out everyday citizens like the people that are about to be on the plane and mm-hmm. um, and so that that uh, prepared statement usually takes about a half hour gotcha. and then and then <laughs> can I do you mind if I cut this short sure yeah go ahead yeah I have other parts of this question I want sure, to get yeah. to uh, <laughs> yeah go ahead so how did, do you know how this accident happened how it was that the plane that you were on this commercial plane that you were on yeah. I forgot we were talking somehow, about a plane crash <laughs> somehow. Collided with another right, plane yeah. on the uh, on the tarmac, mm-hmm. or, well, or did you? Sure, yeah, I'll tell you exactly what happened yeah. because because at the time when I was writing business class as a favor to the other people <laughs> and a favor to the airline, as a favor to the airline that I owe, <laughs> um, I uh, I saw the crash and the uh, the the nose of the plane had uh, scraped through half of the plane. Oh my god! Uh, luckily, I was on the uh, the left side, which is uh, sort of, and I'm, and I'm embarrassed to say this priority seating because it's right next to the door. That's right. So you yeah. can come in and get off easier. Mm-hmm. This um, guy's so humble. I love it. <laughs> so the the plane scraped, and but it scraped the other plane that was scraping us, and I and I could see in the cockpit. And damn it, if it wasn't my disgusting animal brothers. Shut up. And I and I said and I said I thought I put I thought I put you on a plane to Burbank. What are you doing here, in Turks and Caicos? <laughs> That's where you were. I was in you Turks were flying and Caicos. From Turks and Caicos. I was flying from Turks and Caicos to talk to some other very good friends that happened to run Turks run, run run the country. Um. 
And um, and if God, if if it if it wasn't my son of a bitch animal brother, mm-hmm. um, that is completely beneath me. And um, oh God, motherfuckers! It's pilot and co-pilot, pilot, pilot and co-pilot, dummy brothers, dummy brothers. Mm. I mean, just my goddamn <laughs> dummy brothers. Um, and so I, um, um, uh, so then I, I uh, unfortunately, the plane had to be shot down. Uh, after that, um, Wait, I'm from the runway, from the you- runway. <laughs> <laughs> The plane, the both runway. planes were on the runway. From the runway. Wait, so and then they had to shoot the plane on the <laughs> runway? <laughs> Unfortunately, the plane had to be shot down on the runway. Um, because, how, did you, how did you manage to survive then? Uh huh. Well, I was a safe distance away, and uh, we managed to. Uh, I'm also. I was very also good friends with the uh, flight control, mm. and uh, you guys don't know this, but uh, most of the plane when you go on a plane, it's all autopilot, and it's written. It's 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 driven by computers mm. and people in in the t- in the towers and the other people manning. It's like drones, um, which I also own a lot of. Yes. Um. So I I'm good friends with those people. So I ended up locking up the plane till uh, on the runway mm-hmm. until uh, it uh, my plane had gone off. Uh, far to a safe distance uh, to a cabana, which was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and it was and it was me and it was uh, and it was uh, Jimmy Buffett in there. He's a great guy mm. and a good friend. Um, great singer, great voice. He's a great singer and a great voice and a good businessman. Um, so then, um, and then you called in basically so then, an airstrike. On so this. I also own the plane, and, uh-huh. and the United States uh, Secretary of Defense at the time, Donald Rumsfeld. Um, called me up to catch up, and I said, and he goes, by the way, uh, David, um, this uh, this plane, um, you know, has gone AWOL and somehow gone off uh, the uh, system. We can shoot it down if you want us to shoot it down. And I said, well, you know, you know, Donnie, if if, if you're telling me we got to shoot down the plane, who am I to argue with the United States government? You know, I would never, I would absolutely would never. Because you know your place. Because I know my place. I know my place. I'm a citizen. (laughs) I'm a citizen. I don't control anything. Good American. And I am Mm -hmm. a good American. Thank you. That's the first time I've heard that. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Mm -hmm. And so, unfortunately, the plane had to get shot down um, by a a Tomahawk missile. Mm -hmm. Uh, While it was on the ground and filled (laughs) with the other paying customers. The other other passengers on the plane. My heart goes, thoughts and prayers go out to... Everybody that was on that plane. Um, oh boy! But again, that was the, that was the decision of Donald Rumsfeld in the Ameri- in the United States. Out of your hands. Out of your hands. hands. Yeah. Uh, let's go back over to Frank Sinatra just a moment. Uh, so we uh, that 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 story was so fascinating. We didn't even get to the other thing that happened in 1991 that I wanted to ask you about. Oh my but we'll God. get I'm we'll so get back sorry. to that. I'm uh, so sorry. Jerry. So uh, such a nice guy, Mr. Sinatra. You were famously bad tempered. I would like to ask you about a few of your famous altercations. Just let me know the story about like what happened and why why these fights happened, if, if you don't mind. So sure. in 1967, you got into a fight with Howard Hughes at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas that made you never want to perform there ever again. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so what was this beef about between you and Howard Hughes? Well, I was, uh, you know, I was performing there, and he was like, I. He told me he owned. He was being a big shot. Oh. Like this guy would never be boastful. Absolutely, David the worst guy. type of people. Worst throwing type of his weight around. Type of throwing yeah. his weight around, being yeah. a big shot and saying, "I own this hotel. I piss in jars upstairs." <laughs> and I said, "Big deal." And he said, "It is a big deal." And I said, "Oh yeah." And I called him Daddy-O. He was, he was oh, bragging about daddy-o. pissing in jars upstairs. Well, yeah. Back then, that was a big. That was a brag. 
You know, that was the ultimate dream to piss in jars <laughs> and not have to go earn a living. Uh, jars, jars were, were for food back then. Jared, so <laughs> jars were for food. Jars were preserved. For preserving There's food. no sign of opulence than just wasting right. a jar on yeah. urine. That That's it right. Should yeah. be used for preserving food. That's right, and don't yeah. you forget it. Gotcha. Yeah. So I. You know what I did? I punched him right in his stupid fucking face. Right after you called him Daddy-O, of course. I said, hey, Daddy-O, chew on this. Good luck. Bang! Boom, bang, bing, bang, we're in a fight. Wow. (laughs) And I said, I'll never perform here again. Okay, so three years later, you're now performing at Caesar's Palace, because obviously you're not going to perform at the Sands again. Um, But you decide never to play at Caesar's again either, because one of their executives pulled a gun on you. Is that right? That's right. right. We were, yep. So this is 1970. 1970. What was the story be- with with this altercation? Well, we were having sex, good old fashioned <laughs> sex, and I we agreed on a safe word. No. This guy blows right by the safe word and pulls a gun on me. Son of a bitch! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Sorry, I say I'm were... never performing here again. <laughs> bang bang boom! You said, I said the safe chew word. Chew on this, Daddy O. You said the safe word before he took the gun out yeah he said he forgot the safe word so what he was already doing was too much and then the the, the gun then came that out came out i said when like, what happened to two fellas agreeing on a safe word and sticking to it that's right never break promises jared there was also never, um, never ever be a man of your word jared. in 1974 <laughs> you got into trouble with the entire country of australia oh because this, you called uh, their journalist bums parasites and buck and a half hookers that's right Gotcha. Now, you refused to apologize for this, and the unions, all of the unions in Australia decided to support the journalists, so everything you tried to do, the unions would shut it down. They canceled your shows. They even canceled your flight home, so you're basically stranded in Australia. Uh, What did the reporters do that made you want to call them bums, parasites, and a buck and a half hookers, and also never apologize for that? Well, first of all, they called me daddy-o. Couldn't have that. Below the belt. Second of all, look, these Australian people, they're lower than scum, aren't they? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I have some, some that I, Australians that I met are very nice. Mm-hmm. I'd say 75% of them are disgusting. <laughs> That's okay. right. As far as I'm concerned, they can sink that little island in, into the ocean. Wow. All right. Harsh words for Australia. Yeah, yeah. I don't care for them. Besides the fact that they called you daddy were there any other transgressions or, or you just don't like the Australian people in general? I don't like the Australian Frank people. Frank Sinatra does not like the Australian and, people. And on top of that, they had some embarrassing photos of me trying to learn how to surf. Oh, I see. And, and I looked like a real weenie up there on that board. They published the photos. And That's right. Like, I said, take those down. What a bunch of... And what did they say? They said, no. I, well, they said, no, we're not taking them down. <laughs> and I said, hey, fuck you, daddy-o. I ain't no beach boy. I was just trying to... Grow a little bit. Try something new. Yeah, yeah You shouldn't humiliate a man for trying to learn something. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time I ever learned anything. I'm actually with you on this, Frank Sinatra. We should Thank be supporting you. people Support and people. their growth. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Australia. Uh, <laughs> now, I think we have one final qu- time for one final question. So, David Cook, I'm going to ask you about the second thing that happened I in 1991. I get the last question? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> The oh second incident that God. happened in 1991. Remember, the first one was this big, was this big uh, plane crash. That unfortunate, you were in. unfortunate cha- uh, plane missile. Yeah, yes. Go ahead. Uh, and then in uh, 1991, you held a, a conference uh, yeah. whose sole intention was to block global warming legislation. Uh-huh. The conference was called <laughs> Global Environmental Crisis: colon, 
science or politics question mark mm-hmm. well it's, it's important to ask questions it there. is important to ask questions it's important to ask questions now, and to listen and the, to listen the, the, the wikipedia and to listen Jared. The, the wikipedia doesn't say what month these incidents happened in so i want to know did mm-hmm. the plane crash happen first or did the climate change deniers mm-hmm. conference happened first well believe it or not it was the same month because i was Ooh. i was flying to the climate change co- conference at the time Ooh, okay and i remember uh, before getting you know i i mean you know i i always like to give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and i always like to cut people slack you know of course um, good guy and <laughs> And before I got on the plane, my brothers told me, you know, uh, in so many words, uh, we'll die before we will let, we'll let you host this conference. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought that was just some, you know, uh, some sibling ribbing, you know, some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, you know, I know that deep in their souls, they believe what we believe because they have to. Um, okay. And because we're blood of blood and flesh, flesh of flesh. <laughs> Um, but you know, I guess I should have, uh, I should have taken them at their word. You know, uh, you know, when people say, uh, when people let the, let you know who they are, you know, listen to them, yeah, you know, that, that's, and that's, that. and that's truer now more than ever. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't the same month and, uh, and I was going to go, um, just try to ask the questions, you know, do, <laughs> you know, are, are humans involved in climate change? Is it actually getting hotter? Mm-hmm. If it is getting hotter, isn't it kind of nice? You know, I like <laughs> yeah. I like wearing sunglasses and, and my Tommy Bahama shirt in deep November. Now, it seems like <laughs> the entire point of this conference was just to deny mm-hmm. climate change. Like that seemed like it was the point of it. Well, it was a, it was it was a gathering of a like-minded group of people that um, you know think we know more than scientists. <laughs> mm. um, scientists. Um, think that they know everything, and they're a little. Uh, they talk down to people. I think. I mean, has anybody? Have you, have you, Jared, have you ever been talked down to by a scientist? Probably. Oh, yeah. that's I me mean, too. In my life. For me, it's twice a week. Mm-hmm. For me, it's twice a week, and and so me and my other friends get together, and we go. You know, I do, I I don't feel anything. I don't really you know uh, care, and um, <laughs> and so we decided to have a big party and just in and have one of our asking questions parties. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, that's so, fascinating. Unfortunately, is, yeah. that is all the time that we have for this week's episode oh, of Famous no. Dead People. Oh, Jared. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, David Koch and Frank Sinatra, for joining me in the studio today. Last question. Do either of you have any comedians or comedy shows that you are really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Frank Sinatra, anything you want to tell people about? Oh, me. Sorry. I was waiting for I I was just so uh, still thinking about asking questions. I could see you were just taking a big whiff of that pasta primavera (laughs) that you brought out earlier. Oh, baby. It's delicious. It's good stuff. Uh, Frank Sinatra, let's see, what do I have? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, this guy, Kevin Cobbs. Yeah, he's, uh, I like the cut of his jib. He's a funny comedian. <laughs> Always good for a laugh. Uh, follow him on Twitter. He's uh, on Twitter. All right, check out Kevin Cobbs. Yeah. And uh, David Koch, no. anything you want to tell people about? Uh, there's really only one that I'm really paying attention to <laughs> thoroughly right now, Jared. And uh, there's a, there's a, um, a straight white male comedian <laughs> from New York City right now that does uh, sort of character work. His name's John Trowbridge. Um, he he does a show called uh, First Impressions uh, at Caveat um, every month at, uh, at at Caveat. He'll also be uh, performing at um, this god awful fucking show called uh, the uh, Inconvenient Holiday Special, uh, which is some absolutely brain dead thing about uh, climate science so he'll be doing some character work there and he has mm-hmm. a bunch of and he's very funny on twitter and <laughs> it is a good podcast alright check all that stuff out mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I am of course your host Jared Berenstein you can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com 
Uh, come to the next Stand Up 2020 comedy show slash voter registration drive Friday, December 6th at 7 p.m. at the Pitt Theater on 24th Street. Vote Kennedy. If you are... <laughs> If you are listening to this on the radio, please find the podcast. All the old episodes are there. Uh, if you have any questions you want to ask your favorite dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. It's, yeah, I'll figure it out. Hey, Bobby. Frank Sinatra. New York, New York. New York, hey. Fuck you. Sinatra. Get your fucking finger out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) We're all finding it together. Yeah. We're all getting there together. Yeah, you guys, you can just do it. (laughs) I'll just do it. (laughs) I am going to do a voice for for David Coke. David Coke, let me hear. Hello, Jared. Yes. Little rich guy, old dead rich guy, old dead rich guy, couple Thank old you. dead rich guys Thank having you. a night on the town. Baba do be, Baba do be, Baba bang bang boom, my bang your wife. Um, we had David Cross on our wow. first one. Wow, it was wow. like two Fridays ago, and um, I was the one who was introducing him, and so I went up to him, and I, I was really scared of him because I wanted to think I was cool. Right, I went up to him and I was like. Hey, do you have anything you want me to say about you, uh, you know, going up there, you know? Yeah. Just to be polite, like, I know who he is and everything. Right. right. And he said, uh, yeah, say Alphonse from This Is Us. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I think I, I think that that's a bit. Uh-huh. That's definitely a bit. Yeah, that's a bit. That's <laughs> then I was also like, bit. is it a bit on me? Like, is he saying, like, you don't even know who I am, so <laughs> I'm going to tell you Alphonse from This Is Us? He probably yeah. was fucking with you. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, well, I think it was a double fuck. I think he's fucking, <laughs> I think he's fucking with you in the moment, and then he, he also wanted to fuck with the audience yeah, later yeah. on. You know? I think that was uh, a fun, that was a test joke, I think, yeah. for you. My, and I, I can, did you fail? You were supposed to go, haha, that's so funny, David Cross. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you, do you really want it? And then he'll go, uh, yeah. But what if, but what if he, I don't want to, I don't want to suppose that he's fooling around with me. <laughs> what you if know? you laugh? But if like, he's, says, I really am Alphonse. <laughs> but if he goes, like, he I understand a, that maybe you don't want to do it in a vacuum, but if he goes, he a lot go of up there and gigs. tell them that I'm in this TV show that I'm not in. But we don't know if he's not in it. <laughs> I didn't want to go it. on There's IMDb. There's no way David Cross is in this. He might us. be on This Is Us. There's he's no an way. actor. He's There's done no a lot way. of straight acting. There's no way. He was in Eternal Sunshine, you know. Right, but that's not This Is Us. That's this right. Is Us, that was a cool indie movie. This Is Us is a humiliating, heartbreaking TV drama. Yeah. So I split the difference. Starring Mandy Moore. And I did two real credits, and then I did This uh-huh. Is Us. And um, I think You that, did do This Is Us. Yeah, I did do This Is Us, yes. Nice. But I, I started with, you know, this guy from Marissa Dolman and from Mr. Show. And then I was like, and, and most, of course. And most recently. <laughs> most recently. 